biggest man to score a touchdown in a long time. And uh-oh. Right. On this episode, uh, we have a very special guest on, uh, Mr. Wilbur Jackson, uh, uh, an Ozark legend that uh, that played uh, a little bit of football at University of Alabama. Yeah, he tried to play a little bit of football. Yeah, and then ended up going to the NFL. Uh, so a super special interview with him. We actually kick it to the beginning, uh, so we get right to it. Uh, and then we get in weekly updates, uh, talk a little bit of baseball, um, high school football getting started, and then – About uh, everything in between the lines. Yeah, that's right. And all the stuff we normally do. Oh, we have a new segment, pick or – Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's staying much. Uh, but anyways, uh, Watson, uh, same old same old sponsor here. It's the same old boy. He's over there training dogs, son. So uh, this episode is sponsored by Pilots Riverside Kennels. Uh, and it's a it's a proud uh, it's proud to offer a variety of training programs. Oh. <laughs> training programs range from obedience to specialized retriever and gun dog training. Oh. We take <laughs> we take we take pride. <laughs> <laughs> Take pride in focusing our training around. <laughs> I don't know where you are. We take pride in focusing our training around your dog's personality in order to produce a loyal, obedient companion for you and your family. <laughs> Sit like a dog. For more information, check out Pilots Riverside Kennels on Facebook or call Brandon at 334-432-0278. I'll repeat that. 334-432-0278. Go ahead. Sit like a dog. All right, here we go. Episode number... I believe it's 12. Yeah, episode number 12, Watson. Uh... And we've got uh, JB back in the building. Yes, sir. We're I'm here. JB. He's back, baby. I mean, work trip every other week, JB. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, uh, we're not going to take much time to, to walk into stuff. We are going to get right into the interview uh, because this is a super, super special one. Uh, we've got an all-time legend. Yep. He's a, let's see, uh, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I mean – he he's a I mean you could say a local hero it no is. doubt uh, I think he's I honestly think from what a lot of people told me before we interviewed him he's a better human being than he ever right. was a football player and, and, can, and he was a good that. he was a great football I was player a great so. football player national champion Super Bowl champion uh, captain of the Alabama team yeah um, paved the way for all African Americans in the uh, yeah. Alabama college football history yeah. Um, and that's Mr. Wilbur Jackson. Wilbur Jackson, Ozark native. He, we got uh, him on the jumbo set. Yep, and we're, we're like I said, we're going to go right to it. Uh, Wilbur Jackson. Well, hasten today we have uh, Mr. Wilbur Jackson, uh, an Ozark native uh, from Carroll High School, who was the first African-American scholarship athlete uh, for the University of Alabama. Um, he was also a consensus All-American at the running back position. He was drafted ninth overall by the 49ers, 
uh, where he was the NFC Rookie of the Year in 1974. Um, he was traded uh, to the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team, uh, where he would win a Super Bowl. Uh, and he finished his career with 740 carries, uh, 2,966 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Uh, Mr. Wilbert, I hope I didn't miss anything. Uh, I, I know uh, you're probably way more accomplished in, in other aspects in life than sports, but, uh, but that, that's, uh, that's the best we got. Yeah. yeah, that sounds fine. That sounds well. You got it better than I did because you know I never kept up with it that often. So, oh yeah, so you, did good. you did good. Yeah, you did good. Good well, deal. Well, Mr. Wilbur, uh, we appreciate you coming on. It means a lot uh, to have a Ozark native, and especially I'm a big Alabama fan. So, so uh, <laughs> I'm thrilled to be talking to you. Um, so we just want to you know run down your life and 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 take a step-by-step of your journey to the NFL and uh, college and what it was like playing with Bear Bryant and being the first African-American scholarship player and everything like that. Um, okay. We'd be happy to hear of it. Uh, we got a couple questions for you to okay. start off. Uh, I think Tuffy's going to start us off with one. Yeah, so start us start us in uh, at Carroll. Um, how you know i don't know did you did you start playing football at a young age or or were you one of those that started uh late in 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 high school uh how did how did you get into the game um most people are surprised i only played two years of high school football yeah i I played one year at da smiths and then we transferred to carroll my senior year Mm -hmm. and i played one year at carroll and i think midway through my senior year at carroll um, Alabama offered a scholarship, and I, you know, and and, um, and I jumped at the opportunity. Not at, not at that particular time because uh, I knew I needed a scholarship to go to school because my father worked on the railroad, and uh, he had put both of my sisters through school. And one was a senior, one was a freshman at the same time. Mm. So it was kind of tough on him. So. In order for my for, for, for me to go to school, we were gonna have to be on a football scholarship, and and I was blessed, and I was lucky, and and the whole thing about it was um, Pat Dye was had this area in recruiting at that particular time, right? And he came down to see Ellis Beck and Dexter Wood, who were a year ahead of me, hmm. and um and to just check on them, and. At that particular time, we had just gone through spring training at Carroll, and Coach McClendon, who was the coach at Carroll at that particular time, uh, showed Coach Dye um, a film of the um, Jamboree game, hmm. and uh, he liked what he saw, and they came over to D.A. Smith, and, and we talked for a while, and, and he said, we're going to be watching you next year, and and I just kind of said, yeah, sure, and uh, we'll see, you know, and, and that's how that, and that's how I got started. Really, just a couple of years of high school football. So, so Ozark and or Carroll and D. A. Smith, they, were they two separate schools? Yeah, um, in nineteen. Well, I guess when uh, schools were just um, um, up until my junior my my junior high year, all the schools were segregated. You oh, had okay. D. A. Smith was from one through twelve, all black. Hmm. Uh, you had MP Flowers, which which was um, uh, um, uh, white junior high school. Then you had Carroll as the high school, hmm. and then in '69, um, the decree came that 
D.A. Smith, where they were going to integrate all schools. Uh, D.A. Smith became a junior high school, and all the seniors, uh, uh, senior high kids had to go to uh, Carroll. Hmm. So you had um, two two high schools in Oak at the same time, and that was that way pretty much everywhere okay. until the uh, decree came down. So, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. But, Go ahead, please. Um, what was it like, you know, you talk about Pat Dye coming down and recruiting you and stuff like that. What was it like to officially get an offer from Bear Bryant, knowing that, you know, you've never saw an African-American get a scholarship? What, what, How was that feeling? Um, can you explain was, that to me? Yeah, um, really, um, it really didn't strike me that much at first because I um, went down on a couple of recruiting trips. Um, you go down on the weekend, um, stay, uh, go to the game uh, on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. And after the game, you would go into the locker room, meet with Coach Bryant, um, and he would talk to every every recruit. It would be maybe seven or eighty guys there. Mm. And we would all be on the sideline, you know, and we were looking at, you know, the game from the sideline. And it was kind of strange because you would see guys doing some of the same stuff that we were doing at Carroll. You know, sometimes a little bit confused as to where they were supposed to be and stuff. So I said, "Well, man, they, they, these guys are just like we are." You know? so, <laughs> so, so I can. So that was kind of surprising to me. And uh, but uh, he talked to every recruit that came in the locker room after the game. And and I remember one time we met at his house. All the recruits did, and and, um, and he would talk to every guy, and he would talk to you as if he knew you. Hmm. And I remember one night we had played you fall the night before Friday night and they had when we had lost the game and um the next day when he and I were talking he said, uh, who do you guys how y'all do last night? I said, We lost. And um he said, uh, who you play? I said, We played you fall and he goes, You guys are better than they are <laughs> And it was like, you know, <laughs> He wanted to make it seem just like he knew you, or you, and he knew the school that you were up against, and things <laughs> along that line. So, so uh, that was one of the things that I remember about the selling point that Coach Bryant uh, gave every player. So, uh, was was Coach Bryant uh, was he as intimidating as, as people make him out to be? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he was that in some. Good be at times. You know, he was tough when he had to be, like most coaches, or I, I would imagine, but he was compassionate when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I can speak personally on that because um, my senior year, my mother uh, had a stroke, and my sister called me uh, first thing Monday morning um, about 6 o'clock. So I'd get out of bed before class, go over to uh, the Coliseum, Coach Bryant hadn't gotten in yet, but another one of the coaches were there, and I told him what was going on, and I needed to go home. So he said, let me get Coach Bryant on the phone. So he called Coach Bryant. Coach Bryant comes on the phone. What's going on? I said, Coach, my mother had a stroke, and I need to go home. And this is in the middle of the season. And he goes, "Um, well, you seem a little bit upset. And I said, uh, a little bit. He said, well, let me get a state car hmm. to drive you home. And when you get ready to come back, I'll send the state car and pick you up and bring you back to hmm. Tuscaloosa. Because, you know, you sound upset. Don't want you on the road upset. Yeah. 
And I said, no, I'm fine, coach. I'll be okay. I don't know when I'm coming back, you know, and things along that line. But so finally he relented and said, okay, just be careful and let us know if we can do anything for you. And, uh, and luckily when I got home, my mom, you know, she was doing pretty well, but she was paralyzed on one side from the stroke. And I was able to make it back about Thursday and um, got caught up on classes and got caught up on, on the game plan and things along that line. So so I always tell everybody that Coach Bryant was tough. Yeah, he was tough, but he was compassionate and he was, um, you know, when he needed to be and he, he was understanding as well. And, and he could put him he could put himself in your shoes if he had to. And that's the way he did me. Right, right. And once you got to uh, the University of Alabama, was it more of a like during practices and and spring and all that, getting ready for the season? Was it was it more of a change to you, like practice wise? Did he did he really you know get everything out of you? Um, yes, he did. You know, uh, not cutting you off, but the first year uh, wasn't really that bad. Um, the first year, you you at that particular time, freshmen weren't eligible to play. So you were pretty much going against guys that were at your level in, um, in high school. So, you know, we won your removed from high school. And all the other guys were too. And, and we played like a five-game schedule. And so we weren't going against the varsity that often. Um, so the first year, you were just mostly, for me, I was just mostly homesick. But that second year, the second year when you moved up to varsity, <laughs> That's when everything changed. It, be, it became like a nightmare. I mean, you you know, you you are you a second year guy, and you going up against guys that are third, fourth, and if they're redshirted, fifth year guys, and they're more they're they're more they're stronger. They're you know they they've been around the system longer than you have. They know everything that's going on. They can move faster than you are than you can even though you are faster than they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. but they they just knew mm-hmm. where to be and where to go at the, snap of the, at the snap of the ball. So that was the toughest part. And then the, the work level stepped up, you know, you know, probably 10 times of what it was when we were freshmen. And, and there were a couple of times when, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it, but there were a couple of times when I almost left, you know, and, Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've told this story before that, you know, it was just, you know, it was just tough. But, you know, Coach Bryant always said three things. He always said, told every guy, whatever you do, don't embarrass your mama and your daddy. <laughs> so, that, was, that was his first thing. Then he said, the second thing, don't do anything to embarrass the university. Yeah. And then third, never do anything to embarrass yourself. Hmm. And and that's what you remember, even to this day, those things that he said, you know, he, like I said, he didn't just coach football. He coached life as well. But coaching the football, he felt like brought a lot of life lessons along with it. Right. Yeah. And um, and he was true and he, he was right about that. And he always felt that if things got tough in, in, in a game. And you, and you quit. At some point in time, things are going to get tough in your life. And if you, and if you quit at football, then you're going to quit at life. And then if you 
do it the first time, it may be hard, but then you do it the second time, it may get a little easier to quit. Right, right. And then, and as time goes by, you know, you, every time things get tough, you're gonna just quit, you know. So, so that's what he, that's what Coach Bryant taught. He taught, he coached football, but he taught life, and and, um, and that's about the best way I can put that. Uh, so, tell us, I I, I read a story. Um, and you can tell me if it's true or false or, or go into detail. So uh, I read a story about a time where you and John Mitchell were at practice, and uh, I believe he said you fumbled or uh, you were having a bad day at practice. And, yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> and uh, he said that, that uh, the coaches made you go through uh, all the – like had a bunch of defensive players line up in a line and had you hold yeah. on to the ball and go through all of them without fumbling – and he begged you not to quit, to, to keep going. Uh, yeah. Is that a true story? It's, it's a pretty much true story because John and I, we were there together. Uh, and we were the only two guys, black guys on the team. And, you know, it was almost, you know, you know, and and this is the thing, you know, when, when I got there as, fresh, as a freshman, there were some guys that were just, just you know that you just got along well with you know they they got they understood the situation right away mm-hmm. then of course i had ellison dexter that was here and then from skipperville there was joe kelly who had helped recruit me hmm. so there were and then there were like four or five guys from dalton tumman steve wade uh, wayne atkins a guy from troy marvin barron um so it was, it was quite a few guys from this area of the state we call it la hmm. lower alabama you know so you so 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 there was a lot of guys that you could go to and talk with and get along with and i had a great roommate as well but um but still being just you know you got a hundred guys in the dormitory and and you and there are only two black guys that are in there you know and you're not rooming together and i think coach bryant made her made a conscious effort not to segregate us. He made it a point to have each one of us with a white roommate. Mm-hmm. And it worked out well that way, you know. But but he kind of leaned on me. I know I leaned on him, and, and, um, and we both were able to get through it. And as time went by, you know, we began to, you know, um, kind of, um, how did I say, uh, learn the ropes of the game ourselves and how <laughs> the game go. was played and, and then uh it got easier and easier and easier as time went by yes sir and um there's i mean going further in your college career the 1973 team the year that y'all won that national championship yeah um mm-hmm. you were a captain on that team what did mm-hmm. that mean to you as a person to be selected as a captain you know just coming in um, you know, not, I mean, three years ago and, yeah. and, um, already getting named the captain. Well, that, you know, that, that still means a lot to me because, um, and I tell everybody that asked me that question is, uh, when you were a senior coach, Bryant would, and the coaching staff would name a captain for each individual game. Um, if you were from Georgia, for instance, and we were playing Georgia, you were going to automatically be one of the captains. Or Tennessee, you were going to automatically be one of the captains. Hmm. And um, so when you were a, a sophomore and a junior, you couldn't be a captain named for a game. 
And then during your senior year, he would pick someone to be a captain for every every game. Um, and um, and at the end of the year, the team would vote for the permanent captain. The entire team would. Hmm. And I tell everybody that um, the thing that um, it wasn't just being the captain, being named the captain, the permanent captain. It was named being named the permanent captain because there were only maybe. 11 black guys that were on the team at that particular time that were eligible to vote. And I was voted the permanent offensive captain. Chuck Strickland was voted the permanent defensive captain. But the thing about me, it was like, you know, only 10 other guys that looked like me were able to vote for me. Right. Yeah, pretty impressive. So that meant, yeah, so that made me think that, you know, I got a lot of votes from a lot of other guys. That's right. And a lot of those guys I call friends today. Mm. Um, you know, if I call them up, if I needed anything, I know I could get it or just call just to talk, you know. And, and sometimes now, each year, Steve Sprayberry have a place at Lake Martin. And we uh, it started out first with the 70 class. And now it's evolved into anybody that wants to come. Mm come up for Friday, Saturday, and leave Sunday mornings, you know, and, and, um, well, you better be careful. Y'all may have a lot more now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, you know, it was guys that would be from this out of state that would come in. And that first year, I just remember Sprayberry sending a letter and he was saying, well, well, you know, it was just a form letter, you know, we doing this on this weekend want you to be there you know and stuff you know so everybody got the letter and, and he and i talked several times and i wasn't sure whether i was going to make it or not and then finally that saturday morning i knew i couldn't make it friday night so saturday morning early i got up and made the drive and when i got about five minutes from uh his house my phone rang and it was gary rutledge uh the quarterback that came in with us and and they had called home. They had called uh, my wife here at home, and they wanted to know if I was coming or not. And she said, well, he should be there by now. And they were like, then my cell phone rang. And then I said, I'm about five minutes away from the direction that you gave me. So so I get there, and I pull up in the driveway, and everybody that was there is out on the porch. And it was just a great feeling, and that was one of the – it was like – you hadn't seen these guys in about 30 years. Right. And now you're talking as if you just saw them last week. Right. Hmm. So that was, that was great. And that's the way it was um, uh, last year when I went. I I was going like every other year. And then I missed about 10 years because 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, my wife developed cancer. Mm-hmm. And now she's having other health issues. And, um, so I hadn't been in about ten years, and last year I I made it up, and and it was the same thing over again. It was like you saw guys that you had not seen in a long time, right. but it was as if you just saw them last week. So so there was a lot of friendships that were made during the hard time that you went through on the field. There were a lot of friendships made. Right, and uh, Mr. Wilbur, I. I read something on you and, you know, my dad and everything, they big Alabama fans, they've told me about it. 
but I believe y'all played Texas in a bowl game. Um, mm-hmm. And you categorize that as one of your most upsetting losses of your career. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. speak yeah. on that a little bit? Yeah. A um, couple of things happened. Um, I think during the time that I was at Bama, we lost four games. Because that's, that's impressive. Sounds like this, yeah. sounds like these times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does because at, you know, at, when we were freshmen, we went undefeated. The freshman team that I was on went undefeated, and then the second year, that was the year that Coach Brand goes to the wishbone and surprises everybody, surprises Southern Cal, <laughs> and uh, we go to the Orange Bowl that year. I think. Went in number two against Nebraska, who was number one. And I think that was the only game that we really lost, guy we were really beat because they were just they were just an outstanding team, you know, and and then that um the following year we played Texas in the Cotton Bowl. And um in the last it was it was a close game all the way and they scored a touchdown and the quarterback stepped out of bounds and they had it in the paper the following day but they didn't call it so that put them um, that put them in the lead hmm. and it's late in the game and we are driving and it gets down to like fourth and a yard or, and I get the call and I don't make it and that was probably uh, this game that stands out in my mind the most other than the Notre Dame game the following year when we lost that game on probably one of the last two or three plays of the game. And um, and I thought we had the best team in all of those cases except mm-hmm. for the Nebraska game. But personally, that was one of the toughest ones that I experienced because I had the ball in my hand. And, um, and I, you know, I look back over it years later and I say if I had done this or if I could have just you know done something a little bit differently you know we maybe could have you know kept the drive going and eventually won the game what uh what what was the play call uh that what was the play that they called for you I think it was a 26 belly and was right off tackle and um and you know and that was it was right off tackle but and as I think back on that play I think I probably should have faked it inside and just mm-hmm. used my speed and try to get around the corner you know yeah. mm-hmm. that, that and, hindsight's uh, always always crystal clear ain't it it's always crystal clear <laughs> man it's, you never made a bad play after the game you that's know? Right. So, that's right. so that was so that's what I think about sometimes I said if I had done it this way yeah you know, use my speed to get outside because they were crashing inside. If I could have just, you know, thought about it. And, and later on, I did do that. In, in, in some pro games, I did do that, you know. And yeah. After you run it a couple of times and you see how they are playing it, and then, okay, I'm going to try it this way the next time, and it worked out, you know. So, But that time I didn't, and and it was just something that I, I, I lived with and, and um, it, it was just unfortunate because I feel like I let the team down and myself, you know. So, 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 so did it? Uh, did it kind of uh, put a smile on your face when we beat them um, about ten years ago in the national championship? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> was Sa- that us. was Saban's first one, wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. But the game that really, uh, that really gave me, uh, mm. that, that that really made me smile was when we beat Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The championship mm. because, you know, that game, we were the best team. You know, clearly, if we had played them in Walmart Park a lot the next day, <laughs> we would have beaten them, you know. And, right. And, uh, but, you know, uh, they won the game. Um, and Coach Bryant, as he always did, showed a lot of class. Um, like I said, we lost four games during my time there. Three were bowl games. One was the Auburn game with the 17-16 where they blocked two punts. And, mm-hmm. and the whole thing about it was every game that we won, Coach Bryant always said that the players executed the game plan or they won in spite of me and stuff like that. But the four games that we lost, he always said that I didn't do a good enough job getting them ready to play. So mm-hmm. that was the type of man that he was, you know, so. Man. And I think every guy remembers him for different things, but I think each and every guy that played for him will remember him for that kind of an attitude. You right. know, so Yeah, it seemed like he would he would shoulder a lot of the load. Uh, oh yeah. And and uh, you know, try to keep you guys up spirit, upbeat the the best oh, he yeah. can. And at the yeah, same time yeah. kinda of be, you know, rough on you. Yeah, be you hard, know? yeah. I mean, oh, it yeah. showed the respect, you know, even when, I mean, this funeral, you know, you showed, it showed how many people, like, respected him. Um, I'm sure oh, yeah. how many people was there. I mean, that said well, enough. Well, I heard about it. I was at the Super Bowl that year. Oh, okay. And um, off the, when I came off the field, Coach Gibbs said, look, Wilbur, there are going to be a lot of guys at your locker today, reporters that are going to be asking the questions. And I'm like, Why? And he said, Coach Bryant passed. Mm. And I said, no. And he said, yes. And um, so sure enough, when I get in, there were, my locker was just, you know, cluttered because guys wanted to know about Coach Bryant. Mm. Guys who never knew him but knew of him wanted to know what it was like to play for Coach Bryant, what kind of a man was he, you know, and and you couldn't say anything except hard but fair, you know, compassionate when he needed to be. And I don't think anybody I think some of the guys that hated him and a lot of guys did hate him, but I wouldn't <laughs> say hate but they they disliked him because of the practices. But if you go back to that all of those guys would say the exact same thing, you know, that he had an impact on their lives that carries on to today. And if they had to do it over again, they would do it over again. Right. Hmm. Um, I know you touched on your NFL career. Um, I know uh, you were drafted by the 49ers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, w- I was going to ask you how – were you in Ozark or did they call you? Where, where were you at when you got drafted? Uh, and and tell me kind of how, how that process went. Well, um, I already knew I was going to be drafted by the 49ers because Coach Bryant knew. Huh. It was like he knew <laughs> before the draft came out. You don't know who he had talked to, but I'm sure they had talked to him about my character and things along that, along that line. So he had called me into the office one day and said, well, you're going to be drafted by the 49ers from what I'm told. 
So I said, okay, good enough. And uh, <laughs> kind of let it go in there, you know. But on the day of the draft, I was at a hotel downtown Tuscaloosa with Coach Gene Stalling. Okay. Coach Stalling yeah. was at Dallas at the time. Coach Stallings was there because if the 49ers had not drafted me, <laughs> Dallas would draft me. He was going to snatch you up. Yeah, he was chomping yeah, at the bit. We were gonna, yeah, we were going to fly back to Dallas, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, so that was the deal there, you know. So, um, And uh, he was a Coach Bryant man, too, you know, because he, he was one of the junction boys. Mm, so yeah. he had a lot of respect there. So, but anyway, he was in, I was in a hotel in downtown Tuscaloosa waiting for the phone call, and then I got the phone call, and, and he just shook my hand and congratulated me, and, and uh, that was it. And then I guess probably 10 or 15 years ago, I, I met him again in Anniston, Alabama at church. Hmm. Uh, one of my teammates, Phil Murphy, had started a church there, and he was doing a fundraiser, and Asked a lot of the guys to come by, and and um, Coach Stalin was his uh, keynote speaker that night. And this was shortly after his son John Mark had passed, maybe a month or two after he had passed, you know. And and you know you could tell he was hurting, and uh, everybody was hurting for him, and because he's just he talked about his son in a way that his son. He said that he never had a mean spirited bone in his body. He was just a good man. And he I remember him telling us that when he was born, um, they, he was told that he had Down syndrome. And he re relayed to us that he said, well, why me? Why, why me? And um, But as time went by, he said, John Mark became his best buddy. Couldn't have lived without him. And he just said that, you know, he never had a mean bone in his body. And I, never, I will never forget him saying that as time went by, you know, his heart began to fail. And it, he couldn't breathe as well as he once did. And and every night when he asked him how was he doing, he wouldn't complain. All he would say is, I'm fine. Mm. And that almost made everybody cry. Yep. You know, because, you know, you know, with everything he's going through. Yeah, it puts it in perspective mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, it does. Uh, he's fine, you know. And, uh so I, I'll never forget that and and, um, and seeing him that night and and um, and then he recited this uh, poem, The Dash, you know, about we all know about how you live, you're born and you die. But that dash on your headstone, that what that what determines what kind of a person you are, mm -hmm. how you live in between that, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So. So he was a good man, a great man. Yeah, and um, I mean, Gene Stallings, Alabama great as well. Yeah, but, I mean, he's uh, – Mr. Wilbert, you know, jumping from college to the NFL after getting drafted by the Niners, um, do you feel like, you know, Coach Bryant, did he uh, plan and uh, coach you 
right to make you ready for the NFL starting off, or was it like a whole new level? No. You know, when you got to the NFL after playing for Coach Bryant, you were ready. It was like, you know, the work was easier. <laughs> and I used to get there, and my first year I would hear these older guys, the veterans, you know, and they would be complaining about the practicing and how hard they are. And I'm like, man, what are they talking about? You know, <laughs> this this is easy. You know, we was we were training in Santa Barbara, which was right on the ocean. Yeah. You know, and you come out of practice, and you know your t-shirt underneath your pads may be a little bit damp. Yeah. And I think back to Tuscaloosa after the first 45 minutes, your entire uniform is soaked. <laughs> You're soaking wet. Yeah. And, yeah. And these guys were complaining about, you know, man, what is Dick Nolan doing to us? You need to give us a break. And I'm like, man, y'all, y'all just don't know, you know. So, so going there from Tuscaloosa was easy. It, 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 it was easy as far as the, uh, as far as the uh, physical part it was easier because nobody worked as hard as we did, you right. know, at, at, at Alabama. Nobody did. It helped that you got a little bit of money while doing it this time, too, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it didn't hurt either, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> that didn't hurt either, you know. But uh, there was a guy from Auburn, uh, Forrest Blue, was the center. He was a little bit ahead of me. Uh, Terry Beasley was a year ahead of me. He was at, he was at um, with the 49ers as well. So that was a good feeling, you know. It was strange because you always thought of all one in Alabama as being this and that, but as you got into it, you know, you know, these were really some of your best friends. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, it was a rivalry on the field. But after you left, left the field, everything was, you know, everything was really good, you know. And, and I just remember Forrest Blue telling me one day. He said, "Well, but I heard you took a pay cut just to come here, you know." So, <laughs> so he was insinuating that we were getting paid and stuff. That you were getting some kickbacks at Bama, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't the case. But that was that was his story. I heard you took a pay cut just to come out here. You know? So, so we had laughs like that, you know. So, so it, it was fun. It, it, it was fun. That's funny. Um. So I also read whenever you were drafted, one of the one of the first things you did uh, was build a house uh, for your folks back here in Ozark. Is that true as well? Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to help my mom and my dad, you know, because you know I told some. Well, as I said earlier in the, earlier in the interview, that my dad worked on the railroad for forty five years, and um, my oldest sister was a senior. She was the first to go to college. She was a senior at Alabama State. And the sister that was above me, she was a freshman, my oldest sister's senior year. Mm. And, you know, and that was with the railroad's month salary, you know, and, yeah. and they didn't have any scholarships, no grants. You know, he was just sweating it out, you know, mm -hmm. and borrowing money from the bank and things like that, you know. And I told, and I told the story that one day, I had come in from workouts, and I thought I might get a chance to play pro ball, but I never told anybody, you know, because I didn't want anybody to be disappointed right. if I didn't get a chance. So mm -hmm. one day I come in, and I'm sitting in the kitchen. My mom, and she's doing some work at the sink and cooking, and 
and she started talking to me about how tough things are. And it just kind of opened my eyes, you know, because I knew we weren't, you know, well off. But I thought we always had everything that we needed when I was coming up. We didn't have everything we wanted, but we had everything that we needed. And we knew that was because of dad. Uh-huh. And um, and I just said, uh, so that, that day, I said, Mom, I think I might get a chance to play professional. And if I do, I'm going to help dad. And uh, so I was blessed and fortunate enough to be able to do that. So, so that's still, you know, that, that, that kind of, that kind of bring tears to my eyes a little bit. So, right. yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, right. that, that's a, that's a amazing uh, thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, something you hang your head on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I know, um that that it was something that you wanted to do made you proud and obviously uh it was a huge blessing to them um so that that's a that's a cool story i didn't know i i had read it but i wanted to to make sure yeah uh, Yeah. Yeah. i I figured there was there's a little more to the story and there was so that's a that's a cool deal yeah 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 we like i said i I told i i think when i i spoke to the rotary a couple of weeks ago and a friend of mine asked me to come, but he didn't say it was the Rotary, and nor did he tell me it was to be the speaker. <laughs> he just said, come. <laughs> and, of course, I said, yeah, because we had gone from first grade through 12th grade together. And, and you know, when he have a problem, when he has health issues, I would call him. And, and whenever, you know, my wife, if he doesn't see me at the post office, um, you know, he'll call and ask how things are going, you know. So we we go back a ways, you know. So once he asked me, I just said, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then a couple, a couple of weeks later, he texted my daughter and said, well, uh, tell Wilbur to talk about anything he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh, man. So, he caught so you off guard there. That, yeah. <laughs> so that's how that got out, you know. So so it worked out well. And, and um uh, and Larry and I, you know, we 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 are buddies for life, you know. So, yeah, and I think that's how I say Elizabeth got got my number. <laughs> probably, that's probably yeah, because, right. Yeah, because her dad, she had called her dad, and he, and her dad couldn't get me on the phone because I had turned my phone off because we get so many robocalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, so I kept the internet, but I let the phone going kept my cell phone and um so uh Sarah Elizabeth who might know all of her life because I know her father right. uh more than fifty eight years because I, I used to work there when I was in the sixth grade. Really? I started working at the Southern Star in the sixth grade. Hmm. And I'm sure there was some child labor laws broken <laughs> there, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm <laughs> but, sure he but, was paying you well, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but we never, you know, everything went fine. But you know, uh, you know, joining our friends today, and and when I was in the sixth grade, he was always Joe. Yeah. Because his father worked there, mm. and his father was Mister Adams, <laughs> and uh, his father's mother, Miss Vivian Adams, who the school is named now, mm. but she worked there as well. You know, so so Joe and Jesse were Joe and Jesse. Hmm. But but his father and his grandmother they were Mr. Adams and Miss Adams you know so but we go back more than fifty eight years you know so 
So it, it was it's a friendship that I that I look back and I really should cherish a lot. Yeah. So uh, we we got one one last question and then we'll let you go. Uh, okay. Um, what uh, was there a particular player uh, that you didn't want to see running towards you or or coming at you? Uh, in the NFL, it could be pro or college. Yeah, pro say. or college that you knew that May just was about to light you up, and you didn't want to see him. Oh man, that's no question. In college, nobody, you know. <laughs> in college, it was like you know we were the biggest, baddest, you know. We were the biggest and baddest, you know. Everybody, mm. you know, had a one game schedule on their schedule. And that was y'all. Yeah, yeah. So we had to play every single week. So we came to play every single week. But in the NFL, the one guy that you never wanted to meet was uh, Jack Tatum. I don't know if you know him, but if you look him up online. Okay, Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum. Played with the Oakland Raiders, and we played these guys twice a year. Oh, man. Because we we were on the West Bay in San Francisco. You go across the bridge. And you were in Oakland, mm-hmm. and we played them every preseason, and um, and sometimes, well, not every twice every year, but twice some year, but we played them every preseason. But this guy, he was like, he had the attitude that if he hit you, and you didn't hear a train. <laughs> He hadn't done his job, so <laughs> he was coming harder so, the next time. Yeah, and that that's gotta yeah. be that's gotta be pretty impressive because you were, I, I I was looking up some of your game tape and you were you were a load. I mean, mm-hmm. you were a big tall guy, big strong guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was um um when I look back at it now, I was kind of surprised that I lasted that long, played nine years, and and and, and one of the most. Going back to Coach Bryant, I'm going back here and I'm regressing. But when I talk about Oakland, uh, Ken Stabler was there with the quarterback there at the time. And I never missed Kenny. He was gone when I uh, uh, got to Bama. But I was seen coming back. He and Joe Namath, uh, Leroy Jordan, a lot of guys that had played for Coach Bryant, they would come back in the offseason. We would see him in the cafeteria. But you were too intimidated to go up to him and talk, you know, and stuff. But every time we played the Cowboys, uh, the Raiders, uh, anybody that had a player uh, had a player on the team that had played for Coach Bryant, they were going to always make it a point to come up to you after the game and talk and shake your hand and tell you to keep up the good work, you know, so. So that was a connection with Coach Bryant that we all had, you know, and, and that never stopped until the day I, I left because then younger guys were coming up and saying the same thing, you know. So so that was a connection. If you played for Coach Bryant, you were one of Coach Bryant guys forever, you know. So hmm. so that was, a, that was a good part about it. Yeah. Well, Mr. Wilbur. I uh I appreciate it, man. This was this was a blast. Yeah, we we and, we could listen to the stories all day. We don't want to take up part of <laughs> yeah. your time. Uh, well, look, I appreciate y'all calling me. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, have a good one. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Take care. All right. So there we have it, uh, Mr. Wilbur Jackson, uh, all-time interview man. Yeah, and y'all could tell from me, I was a little nervous. Yeah, that's, I was too. That's one of my Alabama legends right there on the 
on the telephone talking I, to us. I was so nervous because he's he's such a reputable, respectable man. Yeah, and he's a – I mean, he done great. And I had – that was my favorite one we've done so far. Oh, no doubt. That was the most, I guess, intrigued I've been. Yeah. He just – man, he could tell stories all day. And, and I could I'd listen let him, to him. I'd yeah, let him. I could listen to him all day. I'd let him I'd let him read nursery rhymes if, if he were at time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing this episode a little backward, but it's because it's a special one. Uh, and, and we wanted to lead off with that. Uh, so now we'll get into to the weekly update. Uh, JB, you want to kick it off? Uh, yeah, I missed last week. I was on the road <laughs> uh, right outside Baltimore. Well, we're going to start counting his absences here. <laughs> yeah. You we're going to keep him, him back a grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was up in Maryland. I sent on the PowerPoint. Don't let them, you know, fool you. They were sitting <laughs> they there clicking. They did. They did. But, uh, yeah, I had training, man. I sat in a classroom from like eight to five every That's day. That's the worst. It was not not. Fun. And you had some more flight trouble, I do believe. Oh man, I am the worst, like the unluckiest person when it comes to flying. So it was about five hours again. Five How do you? Hours I don't delay. understand why you sit on the runway. Well, they make you. So the way that I guess they keep your money or keep you on or whatever, they put us on the plane. They close the door up and they say, well, we just got a notification that their ground control was, I don't know what they're called, but anyway, there's weather up north, so we can't land. Hmm. So we're staying here until it clears. Um, That wasn't the bad part. The bad part was is I get, after five-hour delays, I get to the airport, and I go to Enterprise to get my rental car at the airport, and they don't have my reservation. Ooh. And nobody, nobody will give me a call. Wait, what time did you get there? Oh, it's like 10.30. At night? At yeah, night. that's the worst. That and, happened to me one time. And nobody will give me a vehicle. All these cars All in the, the garage. Rentals. And I'm just like, I'm about to. I'm that to Did you try I'm, a different rental car? Oh, yeah. I'm heated. And nobody will give hot, you one. hot, hot. So I had to Uber to my hotel. And then end up getting one the next day and having to Uber back. It was just. Headache. What happened? Yeah. Did your booking lady or did you not book it? So, yeah, I booked it. And what happened was is. That class was like a $2,500 class. So it maxed out my credit card and I didn't see it. So when I went to book oh. my <laughs> rental car, it didn't go through. I got you. So, yeah, it was my fault, but I was still heated. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think no reason. Uh, Asa? <laughs> I got some stuff, man. We'll start beginning of Saturday. Okay. Okay. So I get um, I get to the golf course, me, Carson, John, and Kay, we play a Quick 18 before, you know, we got a part three tournament starting at five. Um, Played decent, I guess. Carson shot like 76, blew us out the water. Shot like 85. But, I mean, we had good times out there. Great times. Then we get to the to the Saturday night tournament, and it's us four. Part three tournament, nine holes. Par, par start. <laughs> par, par start. On morale, a par three tournament? And morale's low. Yeah, Yeah, and Tuck and Dylan are just – they're in the audience. They're, they're not just even, riding? They're just riding. They're just riding. Tuck's got the dogs out. Oh, they're barking? Yeah, dogs are out. And so we get a whole three, 110 yards, none of us hit the green. Oh, my God. We're right there, about a 10-yard chip shot. Mine goes over the hole. I'm like, oh, that was our best chance to make a birdie. Yeah. John somehow chips in. We go wild. Oh, the boys yeah. are wild. <laughs> Something lit up. Something lit up, and you can't put us out. Yeah. Birdie four. Ooh. So we may, we may be on to something, boys. Cave Price. Dart from 150, pro putt in the heart, <laughs> birdie five. I said, oh, oh, here we go, here we go. Cade makes like two other 30-footers, and we're just we're just bomb. So, we finished at five under. We're like, oh, that's a decent score. Came in third. Somehow lost to a three-man team who shot seven under. Ooh. 
So yeah, I was hot. And then the boys, we said, "Oh, let's just uh, let's just have a boys' night. We go go see a band. They're called uh, Revelry. Revelry. Leonard Skinner cover band. Where are they from? I don't know, but they're the best band I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I had the best time of my life there, dude. They sung, they sung "Call Me the Breeze," amazing. Free Bird, Free Bird. They done a cover of it. I'm just Free Bird was amazing. I mean, me and Tuck and John were just, I mean, having a time. Just getting after it. Having a time. And then I'm on the way <laughs> to here. I'm on the way to here today, Josh. And you hadn't heard the story. I told Tuffy. I'm rushing here. Had a late work day and had to get here by six. Uh, I'm running right there in front of the kang, uh, the circ- or is it the kangaroo in Midland City. I'm right there. Mm, not a circle K. No, circle, circle K. K. Okay, okay, that's where that's where I am. And uh guy rolls down his window right beside the red light. There's a nipple right there. He just lifts up his shirt, show me a nipple. And I tell you what, <laughs> hey, dude, he looks like a baby Sasquatch. I told Tuffy, dude, it looks like finding a piece of gum and a hairball. Oh. That's what it looked like. Did you know well, him? I mean, what No, did not know him. His wife was in the pastor seat. She was like, why would you do that? And I'm just up there crying, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's a fool. <laughs> so yeah, there there was my week. Um other than that, I mean just chilled, worked. Uh I put out uh my week's pretty boring, but I did have a, a PB on uh, on the golf course this you weekend. Mm, great round. I went out there and threw a seventy one up. Mm. Whoa. Yes, sir. Dang. One under. Fired a one under, lipped out an eagle putt on eighteen to uh, Where was that at Hollins? No, nah, uh Bagby. Bagby. To shoot two under, I lipped out an eagle putt. But it's you got to right. be content with it, though. Yeah, I mean, I I laid down in the grass after because I was just like, I did it. Yeah, that's yeah. a great accomplishment, that's dude. Pretty good. And you know what? I was trying to send y'all like, hey, we're on breaking seventy watch, and it wouldn't send to y'all, so I just like screw it. If I if it does go through, then I'll well, probably shoot have, eighty. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that may have cursed you. Yeah, may have I jinxed know. yourself right there. Felt it, it went it through. It probably would have done would've. that. Might have looked like Marley on 17. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, that's Watson's belt. <laughs> <laughs> he took the gas. But we got a good tournament coming up this weekend. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we've got uh, the Littlefield reunion, mm-hmm. uh, and my team is stacked. I don't know if there's any other team that can beat us in it's this tournament. Sta- it's stacked full of cow patties. <laughs> we got me, Trevor Littlefield, Garrett Reeder, and Trevor's uh, Paul in law. Yeah. We got a pretty good team, dude. If I can keep Brimbed sober, I think we got a chance. Because it's me, Carson, Brimbed, and Yogi. Yeah. So, I told Brim, I said, I got to at least have you through 14. Mm-hmm. I got to have you through 14. <laughs> and he's like, Watson, I don't know what I'd do with that. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I think we got a good shot. We'll, we'll give an update next week. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe we won. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. But uh, there will be good times. We're going to be tough to beat. Um. So, we'll move on to sports recap. We have high school football. The uh, the local sports are getting kicked off. Is it today? Today, yeah. They started today. Did they really? Just, just helmets, but it's helmets. official practice. Is it shells or is it? No, I think they go shells tomorrow. I think all they do is practice in shells. I don't think they, they do, yeah. Nowadays they do, I think. Yeah, bro. We used to be out there in full gear. Yeah. That ain't nothing. You go out there looking like a transformer hitting folks right there at the beginning of well, Hasey can't, can't speak on that subject. No, I'm not, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but we got – I think we got, a, you know, a pretty big uh, football season for us coming up. I mean, I think maybe we do some kind of like jumbo set player of the week and I stuff like that. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be yeah. bad there. 
Dude, I still want to do a live thing before. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, too. I want to find a... Somebody set us up with a venue uh, to do it live. Um, I'd say, when, when's football season crack off? September? Yeah. Probably yeah. No, 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 no. Their first game, Ayrton's first game is the week they go back to school, not next week, but the next. It's after that, so it's the last, last week, week in August. August. Yeah. So I need like the second week in August. So we need about two in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. We need to do a live. We'll try to get. Uh, we'll try to get some coaches. Maybe I was about to say we got to get some scouting done we so we know. Let's get. Let's get. Uh, I know we'll, we'll have Skipperville and Ayrton. Hopefully, we'll get the coaches and they can bring one player. Yeah. Maybe we try to keep up with Carroll too. Since they're Dale Carroll. County, they can get a uh, Dale, Dale County. County. Dale County. Yeah. Try to keep up with the Dale County thing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Pike live. Yeah, yeah, we can Probably a public school now. So. Yeah, that's true. What about ACA? I know Hasten they may not come because of your rear end. but no, I chirp them too much. <laughs> Can't handle the heat, stay on the porch, son. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, Hasten's got a subject he wants to touch on about John. John Mechie. My guy, John Mechie. Um, you know, the Texans traded up for him. Actually, in the trade, well, I think Deshaun Watson was in it uh, from the Browns. Got the uh, Texans pick him round two. Just announced, I believe, yesterday that he got diagnosed with leukemia. So, praying for my boy John Mechie. Never like to see a dude fall. Yeah, but he, he can come terrible. back. He said it was the most curable form. Yeah, so. he did say that. So, um, hopefully he is correct and he'll be back on the field. I know he won't play this year. But other than that, he should uh, should be okay, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and then my guy Adam Duvall is out for the year. So, the Braves, are, wrist. The Braves are in a tight spot. I see some mock – Trades for Jock Peterson. Uh, wow. I don't know. We need a lefty outfielder. Need a left. Actually, we need a righty outfielder. Oh, let's remind honest. everybody of Jumbo Set Night coming up. Jumbo Set Night, October 1st against the Mets. We, yeah, it's going to be a barn burner. Yep. And we got a special surprise for you all packed out. We do. Um, Something you all need to be interested in. On the in. lookout for. Yep. Because uh, it's if very. If you're a baseball fan, a Braves fan, or just a f- getting something for free, fan. Yeah, they're gonna fly like hotcakes. They're gonna, I mean, and there's gonna be more than one of them available. There will be. So, uh, all right, let's move into the the home run derby. That catastrophe that me and Watson, if you if you got on our live, we did a live for the home run derby, and it went very poorly. Watson had a lock. Mm. He said Kyle Schwarber will not lose to Albert Pujols, and he shouldn't have. Albert Pujols hit his last home run with zero seconds on the clock. That's, I mean, that's categorized as top-tier BS. And Kyle Schwarber don't get a chance because he hit one out and they didn't even count it. So, now I'm hot at the home run derby. I'm no longer a fan. Yeah. I will no longer view whatever. I'll never life. watch another one again. I won't ever. I have scars. I have PTSD from last Monday night. So, oh. unless someone wants to give me my money back, then <laughs> I will never watch another home run derby again. Uh, and then Hasten wants us to do mock trades for Kevin Durant, and this is my one and only mock trade. I will give them a pack of crackers for Kevin Durant. I was about to say, I ain't <laughs> giving them nothing. For KD? Yeah. No. Dude, his attitude is awful. KD's top three scorers you'll ever see in your life. And he's a top three whiny baby, too. He's a cancer to a team. Is so terrible. is Kyrie Irving. Him and, him and Kyrie Irving should be on the same team because they are both cancer to teams. Hot take. Hot take, hot take. Tell, I believe KD tell, should go to the Hawks. Oh my God! <laughs> Come to my Hawks since nobody else wants them. See, this is what we should have just up. done. We should have just said, "Hasten, what's the mock trade like you want to happen?" <laughs> I want the the Hawks to give him for 
Uh, team rights. I'll give him team rights if he comes to the Hawks. Team rights. Team I want rights. team rights. What is he, LeBron James? Yes, I will treat him like LeBron no, James. No, dude, no. If I'm the executive LeBron. over there, if Kyle, if I'm Kyle Corver, I let him do whatever he wants. Is Kyle Corver an executive? Yeah, got named last week. Wow. Player development or What's player personnel. They just going act- downhill. Yeah. Actually, they're uh, they're rising stars in this new league. <laughs> new league. Uh, we got golf picks, don't we? Uh, yeah, it's not on there. Go ahead. Uh, go yeah. for it, Hazen. I had another winner. <laughs> I had another winner. Tony Fina won. I picked him. So, um, that dug me out of a hole. And Bill, Bill yeah, won the NASCAR. Bill won NASCAR. Uh, won on it a, last week. On a disqualification or something. Yeah, right? won it this past week on uh, the 18 and the 11 getting disqualified after the and race. And I saw, I saw some heat on that. What did they get disqualified? So, this is from coming from my father. He called me today. And he's like, you got to talk about this on the jumbo. And he, he wanted to know. Uh, so, well, I'll answer that one first. Okay. Um, how, why they got disqualified? He said that they ripped. It's something to do with the nose, uh, like the aerodynamics on the nose. But they hadn't come out and said exactly what they did. Um, but then he's like, "You got to ask this on the jumbo set. You got to ask what happens if you bet on the eleven car, but now he loses and now the nine car wins." I'm an upset dude, first of all. And then you got to watch the bet, right? Well. What if they appeal it? Yeah, so they can appeal, and then it, it will take like four or five days. So the eleven car could win in three days. Technically, now. yeah. Oh my! What a just a that would be a mess. Yes, uh, that's one situation I wouldn't want to be in. Book is yeah. nightmare. Yeah, that's a uh, book's nightmare. I'm giving he, him a rampage if I bet the eleven son. <laughs> I am firing at him. Um. All right. So let's get into uh, sports debate, JB. What we got? Um. In football, does defense still win championships? No. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of a team. I mean, got. Georgia was a very good defensive Georgia, team. And they very had, good. They had, yeah. a under, in my opinion, under-average quarterback. Uh, speaking of overrated, underrated, he's heavily underrated. Stetson Bennett? Underrated. I don't believe so. No, yes. I, don't, I don't think so. I think he is either perfectly rated Dude, or overrated. You got, you got athletes on that team and the best tight end as a true freshman in the league. And you have a stone-cold thug at wide receiver, yeah. George Pickens, who can absolutely ball, but he will be in prison he, the next yeah. three years. Oh, yes. He will definitely be in prison. He will be. For like um, something like a armored bank robbery, even though he no, has no $15 doubt. million. Dollars. He yeah. is. He is. He has personality problems. He was at Auburn. You know that? And then, uh, yeah, I know. And then just picked we up. We shipped him downtown. Game. He went to Central Phoenix, right? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But, no, uh, I don't think so, but I can't. I Honestly, I this is this makes me sad to say because I'm not a Bammer, but Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin changed that, like because Bama was heavy defensive, heavy. I don't, I don't think they out. changed it. I think they took it from the northern teams and just made it a lot better. I mean, you they you, changed. It. Thinking like Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma's a high scoring team. They will never win one because they don't have a defense. Yeah. They will not. They will not. I mean, win you got to have a defense, Hasten. I'm not saying. I understand that, but they can't stop anybody. They let a cold come inside the quarterback. <laughs> I want to say no. Defense doesn't win championships, but then last year Georgia. That's the only reason they won it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean I it's not like it. back in the day when you had you know like Tuffy touched on 2012 I think last year whenever we won with uh with Trent. That was 2012. Yeah, that was 2012. An insane defensive team. It was 21 to zero, 
and LSU didn't cross the 50 yard line. Dude, think about that was that nine to six game, too. That year, think about that's when they beat us. Rolando McClain, Marcel Darius, Dante Hightower, Dante Hightower, Upshaw. Okay, and then let's go to Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, what was the linebacker? Uh, Reuben Foster. Yeah, yeah you got uh, all Jonathan Allen. C.J. Mosley. It's definitely evolved because you look at the DNs like Corny Upshaw on them that were like 6'5", 280. Yeah. And now the DNs like They're Will lean. Anderson but are also, real lean. The offensive schemes have also changed too. Well, that's why, yeah. yeah. You, know, you see a lot more five wide and, uh, and heavy and stuff like that. Yep. And so. that's why the defense has changed. You don't mm. see the big Rolando McClain's at linebacker. They just I stop mean, every run. Him and Dante Hightower were unreal. Yeah. Right. Are they still in the league? I know Hightower is. Hightower yeah. is. He gets hurt every Rolando, year. McLean has Rolando's a little not. He trouble. Had, he had, yeah. CJ Mosley's still in there. He uh, had personal issues. I mean, you still got good athletes Courtney nowadays. Upshaw, Courtney Upshaw actually is, uh, just got a coaching gig. He's at Ufala, right? Mm-hmm. No, he left Ufala and went follow. back to the pros as, uh, for uh, a coaching gig. But I can't yeah. remember where they said. Um, but, I mean, there's still good athletes. Don't get me wrong on the defense, but I think it's just – the defensive side of the football is way harder to coach with all the athletes. There's so many RPOs now. You're, you're, oh, yeah. You're really just managing. Like, you're not stop. I mean, no. you can and stop, I, but it's like a, a coin flip. When you get you got to guess right. Like, your your middle linebacker's got to run like a 4-3 to catch up to some of these guys' slant routes. If teams, <laughs> if teams shut you out, you're just not good yeah. anymore. Yeah. If you got a good defense that holds to people 20 or less I'd points, say, yeah, I'd say that's, that's a good cutoff good defense. Yeah. So that's a good cutoff line. Yeah. Say 21. Yeah, I agree. If you're playing a top-tier team. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a – What is this? Hastings. It's just new things. I don't, I don't know. I just Explain tried to come it, up man. Explain it. I, I said – I said – I'd say, would you, would you trade your first round – let's just say you have the number one pick of the draft. Yeah. Would you trade for these guys? Yeah, and so I didn't want to throw in, like, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, because, of course, you would say – Mm-hmm. I'd say yes. Wait, I guess I don't understand the game. So, would you trade? Would you trade the future? You're the GM. Let's, let's just say the future of your team. Would you trade the future of your team for these guys? Oh, see, that's different. From <laughs> yeah, because I said the first round pick. If you were a GM and you had the first round pick in this year's Number NFL one draft, would you trade for Justin Herbert? No, you wouldn't. I don't no, know. I'm gonna take Bryce Young. No, just oh. Justin Herbert, dude. But that, that's that's a, a tough question. Yeah. Okay. So these are all twenty five or younger. So I try to make it a little okay. tough. So you got Justin Herbert, Tuffy. No. No, I'll stick with no. Okay. Hasten. Uh, yes, I think I do. I think I do. I'm gonna say if I'm a if I need a quarterback in this class, absolutely, because he's he's better than. <laughs> Brush on it. I yeah. mean, there's no, there's no. You're question. looking at it from a GM GM point of view. No, yeah. I'm just saying in general. I know. Like I know. if I if if any team and someone offered me Justin Herbert, I'm trading my quarterback for Herbert. No, I'm 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 trading if they offer me a first round pick for Herbert, or if I was <laughs> I offered a, if guy. I was offered <laughs> Herbert for my first round pick, I would yeah. accept it and then immediately trade my quarterback on my roster. <laughs> okay. So, oh, so you would receive Herbert? Yes, and then trade whoever I have at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, next one. Let's go to the next one. Justin Jefferson. Nope. I would say no. No. Nah. Overrated. I don't think receivers mean. They're that a much. dime a dozen. All he cares about is dancing. <laughs> He's good, but they're a dime a dozen. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the next one's definitely not. <laughs> DK Metcalf. I'm trading for DK. I am not. 
What? I yeah. am not. I'm trading for DK. Dude. How do you justify that? Because he saw him hawk that, that, cool, <laughs> that exactly DB right. down. So what's he doing? He playing receiver and safety Two for side, you? Two sides. Hey, <laughs> playing both sides of the ball, baby. like a Madden NFL game where you just yeah. play both sides of the ball. Just yeah. Run him on seam route, dude. He's unstoppable. <laughs> uh, swap to the defensive side. Chase Young. Yeah, I'll trade for him. If you need a defense yeah. player. Yeah. I'd probably trade for him. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, he's a game changer. He's very good. Yeah. And he, he stays healthy. Well, better, but. Didn't he tear his ACL last year? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did he? Yeah. Like a game in, I think. I think so. I know, but ACL tears are major. But I'm talking about like stub toes and broke fingers. He's still an injury, dude. You can't help an ACL tear, dude. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Believe me. Uh, then you got uh, Goldilocks, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Nope. Staying away from him. I'll take him. No. Don't be trading up in days, everyone. No. I didn't take Herbert. Dubby's playing do snake think, draft. Do I think he's a little better on a better team? He's Absolutely. on the, the Jaguars. But do I think he's a franchise quarterback? No. Sunshine, baby. Yeah. Sunshine. God, I hate him. Uh, next up, and this, one, this one's terrible now that I actually think about it, Kyle Pitts. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to say first round pick on that. I would, I would, would say you trade a first round pick on him. I don't know, but if you play Madden, he's like a superstar X factor. So that is true. It is true. And I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but I saw a uh, TikTok I of I think it was pick. his girlfriend or something at the golf course, and uh, she was like, "When he says to come to the golf, or when you do what he wants or something." And the dude runs so goofy. Kyle Pitts does runs unbelievably goofy over there. I was like, "No, no way, this dude's an athlete." <laughs> This dude couldn't be a server at McDonald's. Mm. All right. Uh, next up, stat of the day. What do we got? I got two. You better impress me because last week's was <laughs> – Dude, <laughs> dude if I you think it. about it from a s- probability, that stat was unreal. Bro, I can't even spell probability. <sighs> P-R-O-B-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Wrong, wrong, wrong. wrong. <laughs> that was right. I don't know. But – Think about it from a probability. That's crazy. We're not just nah, I'm nah. not playing birthdays. Nah. I tell you I tell you how unimpressive it was to me. I forgot what even the stat was. Okay. Do you want me to say it again? No, no, negative. <laughs> negative. Alright, so I went back to sports since y'all are complaining about everything. <laughs> I saw this on Facebook yesterday, y'all probably saw it. Unreal. In two thousand four, Barry Bonds reached base safely three hundred and seventy six times on 373 at-bats. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is – Hold yeah. up. And we had so many Same. walks. Yeah, well, They intentionally walked them so many times that don't count. That, well, yeah, you, reach base, so, you reach base safely, but it doesn't count as an at-bat. Right. On in Major League You ball. still hey, runner on? That is That's true. That's what I'm saying. But so, they, they his on-base percentage is over 1,000. He is well. the most terrified hitter of all time. That is insane. I terrified mean, or terrifying? Terrifying. You just leave one in his wheelhouse and this is not year? Was back. that just one year? 2004. You can look up well, that. Means that means that man, crazy. every time he got up to the plate, basically got on base. Just oh, about. Well, okay, probability. What's the percentages there? Of what? What's the what's his on-base percentage or whatever? His on-base percentage is unreal. Yeah, it's over 1,000. His at-bats, he's over. he got on base over the amount of times his at-bats yeah, were. So it's over 1,000. 376, 373. What a moron. <laughs> the dude's the number two best hitter in baseball of all time. Yeah, he should be on the Hall of Fame. Number one's Mike Trout. 
He should be in the Hall of Fame. Somebody can fight me on that, but oh, everybody was using steroids back in the day. Why, why it, keep I'll, I'll go to my grave saying this. They loved it while people were tuning in, and it was making baseball great again. Chicks do love it. And the then ball after ball. that, they yep. canned them. Yep. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. That's crazy. Can. All right, true. so I got another one. That Pete Rose, RIP, my boy Pete. Pete Rose is actually going to the Red Stadium. Uh, they're having some little reunion thing, and he's actually allowed care. in there. What you got, Josh? <laughs> actually allowed in there. You said Pete Rose is going to the stadium. You said RIP Pete Rose. So is he dead or not? No, he's not dead, but, I mean, he's dead to baseball. <laughs> he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he should be. All right, so the next one was submitted by Nate Hagler. You know, How about I just got off the phone with Nate Diesel? I like Nate Diesel. I was texting him about getting me some gear. Dude, he just sent me the gear. I'm going to have to hit him <laughs> up about that, too. But, I don't uh, want his gear. He don't reply to me on Facebook. <laughs> That's because you get his number wrong. I did get his phone number wrong. Yeah. Let me but, repeat that. Anyway, uh, so this is this is insane. Tom Brady, think about it from probability. Oh, my God. Think about it from probability. Tom Brady has a better chance to make a Super Bowl than Steph Curry has to make a three-pointer. Tom Brady has played 20 seasons and went to the Super Bowl nine times, so that's a 45% chance. Steph Curry's three-point percentage is 43%. Flonk! Yeah, but but, but Steph's shooting a lot more. That doesn't matter. Do you not know how probabilities work? He's getting fired up over here in the corner. Getting fired up. I mean – did y'all take? Did y'all take? No, we math? no, we didn't take. I, did, I know what you're talking. We about. didn't take differential equations for engineer nerds. <laughs> it's probability statistics. I'm gonna pull them out like a new talk geek. Dude, come on, that's insane. It is insane. I mean, it's a cool stat, Josh. Uh, what you want? You want a cookie? I bet you do want a cookie, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is gonna quit giving stats. We keep. I like that stat, Josh. Thanks, Josh. It's an insane probability stat. I'll give you that. So that means Tom Brady's got a better chance of going to a Super Bowl <laughs> next year than Steph Curry's got. How about three. if you if we want to do that? Let's let's look at Hastings' career three point percentage, and I bet that'll that'll <laughs> really a better chance of getting struck by lightning. <laughs> Dude, I. Actually, I'm willing to say that my three-point percentage in high school was better than my free-throw percentage. That's oh. awful. What do you think, oh, what do you think my free-throw – or uh, my three-point percentage was? Against probably, it's probably be 100. You're probably one for one. No. I guess Skipperville not very good. No, not free-throw. <laughs> I said three-point. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. I can't – there is some stuff. You airballed one we, versus Skipperville. No, I did not, bro. Didn't he? No, I no. didn't. Oh, Dunkatron Beatty had airballed one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no – uh, I have a zero percent three point. I never, never attempted, never took. Oh, one. I thought it was gonna be one of the miles that's like I attempted one and made it. No, oh, honestly, mine, my, my senior year probably was like seventy five percent because I only shot like three or four. And I have no idea what mine would uh, be. A lot less than mine, probably. It was not lower what's than next? zero. What's next? Uh, relationship question. You got one, Miss Casey. So I don't have a relationship question, but uh, I can throw y'all under the bus. What? Uh, let's not <laughs> do that. So, Please, uh, God, do not self-sabotage me. This is uh, how well do you know your significant other? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so, I'm, I'm on this Sorry, Sydney. So, Tuffy, what's your partner's favorite color? Oh, Sydney, don't be so <laughs> Purple. I was going with that, too. I was going with that, too. I was going with that, too, dude. What is your favorite color? 
I'm gonna change mine to blue. It's not uh, a girl favorite color, bro. <laughs> That's what? Yeah, I was what? gonna say. Uh, oh, easy, easy. That's easy. You don't want to get kicked out your own house. Yeah, let's go. Easy. Uh, let's go. <laughs> what's Sydney? Sydney ain't here to rag yeah. on uh, you. What you got, Hasten? What's what's her favorite color? Wait, hold on. Too. Stop, 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 stop. I gotta get Sydney on the phone. She's at dinner. You can't, not, you can't call her. All right. What, what's her favorite color? She'll hear it. I'm gonna say blue. Uh, that's blue. a terrible guess. All right. That's, now, a, that's a guy favorite color. What's my favorite color, Maddie? Am I going first here? White. Nah. Am it's, I going, it's blue. I, yeah. I don't I don't have a favorite color. I want to say it. No, no, this is not for y'all. No. Okay, next question. Your partner's favorite movie. Hacksaw Ridge. Really? Wow. Um Bye. Cindy's got about I mean, she changes about every week. She likes The Help a lot. I don't know if y'all have ever saw that. I haven't seen that. She really likes they, that movie. Isn't it when they dookie in their pie, put turds in their that pie? That is. That's the same movie. She really likes that movie. Uh, Notebook, pretty, that's just an automatic yeah. winner. Uh, I'm pretty sure Destiny is a Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, she loves that movie. What is Steel Magnolias? Is that a movie? Yeah. I think she likes that, too. All uh, right, next question. Uh, your partner's favorite restaurant? Olive Garden. You like Olive Garden. Wow. Captain Anderson's at the beach. Ooh. Captain Anderson's. That's hurting that billfold. Yeah, it is. I ain't never up there. It's all over the pops paying that, for it. That's tough. I ain't never up there. Uh, Destiny, man, if she could Church probably chicken. Pick, no, she just likes sweet tea there. But if she could probably pick anywhere to eat for a meal, it'd be Panty George's. Dude, she mm. would love that Is that place. that buffet in Auburn? It's not a buffet, but it's like a hopper grass style. Oh. She loved that place. I like Cheddar's a lot. Men City, that's I our place. I love Cheddar's. Men City's place is Cheddar's. What? That's what we always eat I there. That's cheddar. a uh, scratch chicken. I scratch, love Cheddar's. No, Cheddar's. Scratch is, kitchen, bro. They make everything from scratch. Cheddar's is a. The ranch is bomb. If Applebee's is four star, <laughs> Cheddar's is five star. I was about to say, if you were ranking Applebee's over yeah. Cheddar's, do me. No, it's five. just a five star Applebee's. Cheddar's is two times the level of Applebee's. No. Uh-uh. Still frozen meals they pulling out the kitchen. You ain't never had that buffalo chicken wrap, son, so you just sit in that recliner. I'm not getting a buffalo chicken wrap at a fancy that's place. That's something going to feed a family of five. So you're saying it's a fancy place? I mean. Oh, we got him on the ropes. There we go. we got I mean, him on the ropes. Is Applebee's Ding. a fancy place? No. no. Okay. It's a five-star of Applebee's. Applebee's it's is a, a neighborhood nice grill. Cheddar's. <laughs> is a scratch, scratch kitchen. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. All right, and the last one. Uh... Come on, buddy. I'm sorry. Fire. A, pl- a place your partner would like to travel. Augusta National Golf Club. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I thought you asked me. Um, <laughs> that's such a hard question. Why yeah. do I feel like – Say somewhere uh, tropical over there with all that clear water. It's not and tropical. And them huts in the water. I feel like you want to go to, like, Greece or something like that. You want to know my all-time where I want to go before I die? Yeah, let's hear it. Australia. No. I want to go – or actually, South Africa to go on one of them safaris. That's my – So you can see list. them – so you can see some of them rhinos looking at you? Dude, I just – I told Sydney I love stuff that can kill me. It's very morbid. Okay. But I like doing stuff that can kill me. What have you done that can kill you? Besides? I don't know. I don't I, – I never travel. I'm not a traveler. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying – I'm not skydiving like, or nothing. I know. You're saying like you're this big thrill seeker. That does well, yeah, that can kill you. I want to be a thrill seeker. <laughs> One thing seeker. you do that can kill you is dip. Yeah, true. That and eating all this gas station food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, 
I don't know if I've done. What, uh, what have you done that's like almost? You put me on the spot now, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I want to be a thrill seeker. I just may not be one uh, right let's, now. Let's wrap it up. Uh, best thing we ate. You know mine, Josh Bell, because I spit it in the group chat. Yeah. And let's, let's hear it. The chicken nuggets at Arby's. Oh, dude. I'm not, for me. I'm not going for to me, Josh. lie. So, me and Destiny went the other night. I got the grill. You got, you got that taste after I told you. I got the wrap, and she got the nuggets, man. And those chicken nuggets slap. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I'm telling you. They're, they're, they're the closest good. thing that Ozark has to Chick-fil-A nuggets. Oh, there's no doubt. The closest thing. Y'all got to try them. I might have to give it that up tonight. The yeah. Buffalo chicken wrap there. I was, I was talking to the manager through one of the, through the uh, drive-thru thing. I said, what's the best thing y'all got here? He said, the buffalo chicken wrap, add bacon and cheese. I said, give me that right there. Dude, the buffalo chicken wrap is really good because they just put the chicken nuggets on the wrap. So, mm-hmm. it's it's fire. Telling you, dude, Arby's, it's climbing up there it's with the number one. It's the king of meats, dude. It's I the, love Arby's. It may be my number one pick in Ozark fast In Ozark, food. Ooh, let's have a fast food draft one day. Oh, no, I thought about a plan. So, next episode or whenever we can do it. We go get all the chicken sandwiches. So churches, Ooh. Zaxby's, Popeyes, churches chicken sandwich. uh huh, and McDonald's, and we just kind of try them all and rake them. Arby's got a chicken sandwich. Okay, yeah. I bet you them th- everybody was winning. You know how much money? There'd be fifteen chicken sandwiches okay, on you, man. You got Sonic. Oh man, <laughs> he wants to go to the Circle K and get one. Um, best thing I ate this week. We went to uh, me, Brett, Hannah, and Maddie uh, went to the Wharf. Uh, it's like a seafood place yeah. in uh, I had a bad experience there. in Dothan. It's so good. It's in Dothan. Yeah, yeah, they got them all over the place. They got one in Troy, I think. No, I've heard, I've heard of it in, all over the place. It's over there, close to Flowers. Okay, Brett put us on it. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I had some tacos. I may not get again, but Maddie's food <laughs> was good. I can't remember what I got, but I, had, uh, I think I had just a bad batch. I'm ready for them to open up the seafood shack, whatever that crab shack or whatever by La Perilla. The juicy sea, seafood. That thing's been dude. Like three years. Yeah, I don't know what's up. What used to be there, Logan's? Yeah. Yeah, Roadhouse. That's where you just throw nuts on the floor after you get done sucking yeah. them things. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you got anything else this episode? No. <laughs> All right. Peace out. That'll do it for episode 12. Hey, hey, subscribe to the podcast, boys, so you know when we post. Had our biggest month this this month. <laughs> biggest month. And we're, and we're growing. See you. 1.4 thousand. All right. Peace out.